With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to another Virial USA podcast. This is Alan and joined today by a new guest, Christian Serrera. Um, Welcome, Christian. How are you? Great. How are you? Thank you for having me. We're good. It's an exciting day with uh, a new coach being presented and and lots of lots of rumors about players in and in and out now beginning as as is your as this happens. I should explain that uh, Christian is in Chicago, but you are a native of the beautiful town of Villarreal, correct? That is correct. And it's funny because you were just talking about Emery and. It kind of it kind of feels like I'm being presented too, so I I kind of feel like I should come up with something insightful to say, but it'll it'll come up at some point. Um, but yes, I uh, was born in uh, Villarreal. Um, I was there for about 20 years until I moved to the states, and then I came here with a with a scholarship in soccer, played played a college uh, soccer, uh, and then just stuck around here, and it's been about 15 years now here. Oh, okay. Where where did you play in college? Uh, I played in University of Central Oklahoma of all places. Um, so I got the, the scholarship there. And, uh, you know, I remember thinking, yeah, it can be, you know, it, it, it can't be that bad. Um, and Google some pictures of Oklahoma City, a little bit of a downtown showed up. I was like, okay, I can do this. Yeah. Um, and then I got there and I realized it was going to be a very different experience than a city I was, I was expecting to see. But, uh, after I graduated and played there for years, I just uh, moved to Chicago and, uh, and I'm really, really enjoying the city. It's very similar to other cities that I've lived in, like Barcelona. Uh-huh. Well, the weather is a little different. What was that? The weather is a little different. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is that is definitely the case. I've, I've been uh, – this is my seventh year here in Chicago, so I'm, I'm, you know, I'm starting to get used to it slowly but surely. But yep. – now with everything that's going on this year, you know, you really go, you really have to watch out for depression because winter, COVID and everything else, you, you know, it's going to get a, it's going to get a tricky. So I'll make sure yep. to, to get out there and, and enjoy the cold weather, I guess, if it has to be. Right. Well, hopefully, hopefully Villarreal can, can go on a really strong winning streak the first part of the season and, you know, take the winter blues away. <laughs> that would have. And I've always said that if we make a final, I am making it there. And I'm, however, um, mm-hmm. and so traveling is a little bit cheaper these days. So maybe this is the right year to do it. Right. The the 2010-11 year when we were in the Europa semifinals, I, I've told the story before on here, I think. But we had several of us who were the final was going to be in Dublin that year. Mm-hmm. And there was one guy who was a commenter on the blog who was who said, if we play in the final, I can literally walk there from my house. I mean, he was mm-hmm. really hoping we would do it. And then um, another guy had already gotten his visa to travel. Um, Elisa and I were, you know, it's it's like halftime of the first leg. We're beating Porto 1-0. And I'm thinking, mm, should I start looking for plane tickets? You know, well, then... <laughs> 
then uh, yeah, Kyle Kyle happens. Yeah, Kyle happens. You're right. Absolutely right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if we ever get to a final, I think I, I think we're there. I think I think we'll definitely go there, and that's and I think that's part of why people were kind of excited about Emory is that it feels in some ways like a hiring where we're saying you know finishing fifth every year and playing in the Europa League and getting to the quarters or semis really isn't good enough. I mean, yes, no, definitely with with uh, Emery's signing, you're you're kind of making a statement, in my opinion. I I have been following and watching Villarreal since well since since we were giving you know we were we would be given tickets in high school because they couldn't fill the stadium, so mm-hmm. the players would come to class um, and they would bring tickets and say bring your friends and then you would just go there on the weekend and. Uh, it was a very different stadium. Some of the areas didn't even have seats, and you would just be, you know, there eating sunflower seeds and watching the 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 second uh, segunda segunda vez games. Um, so I've been there ever since and following ever since all that. And I, you know, I was thinking about that today. I don't think you could argue Pellegrini had that pedigree, but you can't compare it to Europe trophies. So this is the this is the manager we had who's had the most accolades. Ever so, there's that's mm-hmm. a statement from from uh, from Fernando Roach to say, you know, let's let's do this. In my opinion, I think so. I mean, I think the the way that the season played out <laughs> with how hot we got in sort of special format um, was interesting. But it's it, but it sounds as though that basically made their choice back in March when the season was interrupted, which. Um, makes sense because who knew if it would start again? And at that point, we were out of Europe. And I, you know, I, um, I respect Kaeha. I don't think, though, that I don't think that the fine run at the end of the season was necessarily reflective of how he would have done had the season been a regular one. I have to say. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, he had an amazing, an amazing run. Obviously, I think. I think it helped, and and honestly, you know, I, I don't know if this is something you guys have discussed in, the, in in past episodes, but you know, Villarreal doesn't really have the most fiery crowd ever. <laughs> we're never really that, you know, in the stadium, we're never really that passionate. There's a lot of, you know, older gentlemen and and kids with their sandwich uh, to eat at halftime and kind of have watched the game and and the wives that come in and everything. There's not the there's not a lot of Atletico fans to it. Um, and so when it, this all came into place and you take the crowd out of it, I think Villarreal is, is one of the ones who probably benefited the most. Um, but when it comes to Calleja, I think he was, he was, you know, the, the, the Copa del Rey leg, the Spanish Cup against Mirandes really hurt him. Um, mm-hmm. to, to not win that game, you know, you would have had a pretty clear path to a, a pretty affordable semifinals potential for the first title ever and to, to fall there. That was the first time that Roach was like, you know what, I this may not be working. He was kind of sentenced, uh, even if informally, from then on. And then it feels like he reinvented himself through the through the uh, COVID uh, uh, halt. But, uh, you know, it just wasn't enough because the other thing you have to consider is that at a time of COVID and with the next two or three years, and, and, and Roach said it today, the president said it today, it's going to be a tough two, three, four years because of COVID. Um, you're trying to not go crazy with investments and expenses and everything. And so um, once they secured Amity, 
um, if they had said no to him, and I don't know if you guys know this, but they would have had to pay a million and a half euro to Emery. Mm-hmm. And Calleja's mm-hmm. contract was a little bit under 300,000 euros to, to, to cancel it out. So, you know, there was just a lot of things against the guy, even though I like him, I liked him as a player. And it's one of those guys that, you know, you could totally see him making a run and winning the first trophy for the club. It would have been a, a fairy tale. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I think we, we, we talked about that Copa del Rey, um, loss being, I think in retrospect, more important than, than we realized. And I think it's because in the past, the Copa with the two-legged format has been such that it's, was really set up for the big teams to win or, or like we never took it that seriously. Right. And the new format, and especially the way it upset, we had a real opportunity to at least get to the final. And I think losing, I think that was something that really hurt. And the loss to Leganes, they just really, after Braithwaite got so, weren't very good and somehow found a way to lose to them. And the fact that that was the last of the team, the enforced break, really hurt Kaya. Um, you know, I think everybody, I think there's a lot of stuff that he did well. I think that it, he was always put in a difficult being the B team. Uh, I don't know. If, I don't know if you're aware of of it, or if this is on my end. Maybe my Wi-Fi, but it's kind of cutting out a little bit, just a little bit. Let me know again. Okay. I see the connection too. Yeah, I was just. I think. I think it was. It was always going to be tough for for Calleja because of making the big step up, and I. I hope he finds a coaching job um, somewhere else because I think. Yeah. I think. He, I think he's a good developing coach. I just don't think we could afford to let him develop over the next couple of years ourselves. I I agree. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, Villarreal really said two things with this change. I mean, well, one was we're not always going to be perfect because this is kind of out of out of the club script when you think about it to, you know, Mm -hmm. to. To, to let go of a performing manager who, you know, with everything to play, you make that decision months before the end of the season. Uh, you know, it's not really in the, in the books for what Villarreal does and how they, the, they, uh, uh, carry themselves. But also that, you know, the way this ended, I'm pretty sure Calleja is not going to come back to Villarreal. Um, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's pretty tough to, to perform and then have that happening, especially when you came in halfway through it. Um, and then see how you're kind of, you know, giving up the 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 fruit of the season to to somebody else to execute on. Um, so uh, unless it's something kind of like Zidane, where somebody is begging him to come because things are dire, and can you help us? Which he doesn't have the, the you know, the 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 the, the level for. Uh, yeah, it's, he's probably gonna want to get out there and, and and manage somewhere else. I would even say somewhere in England or something. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, he, I think he's. I think he's, um, I think it's interesting that his most successful period really was during the whole COVID thing. And, mm. and we were, we were talking on an earlier podcast that one of the things he was really good at was sort of reading the game in progress and making substitutions. And I think having the extra substitutions helped us, 
I, I know mm-hmm. going to going into the the um, resumption of the season, we did we did say that we thought we'd be helped by the five subs, and we also thought, as you said earlier, the fact that Villarreal is not the most imposing place for a visiting team to come <laughs> play would help us as well because we weren't losing a whole lot of. Um, we weren't losing something the way some teams like, you know, Osasuna or Athletic Bilbao, say, were. Uh-huh. And, yeah, I guess that pretty much proved true. I was a little surprised. Um, I think my only surprise was that Abar um, did quite well. I thought I thought given their fairly small um, team and their the fact that they rely so much on fan support when they're playing at home, I thought they might have a tougher job than they did but they did okay um yeah it's been an interesting an interesting month or six weeks or whatever it was i mean yeah. nobody would have guessed that real madrid would win all games i mean they didn't win the last game just because they didn't have to win it really when you think about it and when, when you watch what happened there with with the leganes but it's uh it's it's been an interesting uh, uh end of the season i haven't necessarily hated it and also the fact that you know when you're talking about copa del rey and those one one you know one matches no 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 two legs uh, about it. Uh, this was kind of fun in the same way. It was kind of a, you know if you had a good week and you play, you played three games. If you had a good one week a uh, good week, you would end up in the Champions League. If you mm-hmm. had a bad week, you're in the middle of the table like Valencia did. Um, so mm-hmm. it was really really um, exciting to watch, regardless. Yeah, it it was it was certainly very interesting to cover because it seemed as though by the time you had finished one game, you were just right on to the next one. So, yep. you know, from the standpoint of the blog, it was like by the time you you did the recap for the for the game that had just happened, you were you were you know giving the the preview of the next one. It was just boom, 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 boom. And uh, I I think it's it's really great that they were able to get the season done. Um, frankly, what's happening with the whole Segunda promotion and relegation and all that. It's kind of what I was hoping we could avoid in the Primera because all you needed was one team to come down positive and, and you could create chaos and that's what's going on there. So Yeah, and everything that's that's now happening because of it is it's it's a big mess. You're you're seeing official, you know, statements by clubs on a daily basis, you know, entities are getting sued. There's there's uh, specific clubs who are asking with with kind of the law under they're under the arm to say it should be um, we should play in the playoff even though we didn't finish in the top six we should play the game we should not play the game uh, Ponferradina uh, the team that, that had all the positives should uh, be potentially relegated due to their negligence there should be a, a division of 24 or 22 or 26 teams it's it's. I have no idea what's gonna happen. I'm. I'm kind of. I'm kind of keeping my ear, you know, low to the ground on this one because things are changing by the minute. Minute, but who knows? I mean, who knows what's gonna happen? The president of La Liga, uh, Javier Tebas, could could resign uh, within the next couple of days um, because the son, of course, I don't know if you know this, but the son is an attorney who who works for Ponferradina <laughs> for uh. that team. Um, so there's there's a whole lot of stuff going on there that I have no idea how that's gonna end. No, and I, I, I think, and for us, it's like anytime you get anything involved where you get into the the court system, but also the jurisdictional issues in Spanish football of, you know, the RFEF versus La Liga versus the players' union versus court rulings, you know, 
at that point, we're all just sitting here going, okay, tell us when it's over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got, we got, got no idea. <laughs> I do feel really bad for Deportivo. I mean, you know, Deportivo La Coruña, which if you've followed soccer for the past, you know, maybe a couple of decades, you remember from the huge, you know, that amazing branch of the Champions League, the, the, the league championship, the, the time where they beat Real Madrid at Santiago Bernabeu, um, to win the Spanish Cup. That, that amazing team, and then a few years later, you know, second division, and now it'll, it looks like it's gonna happen. Relegated to the third division in number. It's, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not even a fan, but it's, it's tough to watch, cause that team, you know, has always been amazing, and their crowd is, 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 is great, and now they're gonna have to fight their way out of the third division. Yeah, and as we know, finding, fighting your way out of the third division is not easy. I mean, we got, we got relegated down there when the first team got relegated and we haven't been able to get back. I mean, we've been in the playoffs three or four times, but man, it's just, it's, it's really difficult to get out. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole, it's not even a, it's not even a, a, a decrease in quality of play. It's just a different play altogether. You're talking about, you know, like your technique and, and how you can create space or, 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 you know, things that may be more, valuable in the second and first division it doesn't matter this is a war so you know you're going to have to elbow your way out of it you're going to have to find a spot to create a chance and try to you know get something in the last few minutes to get the the game uh to take it home because nobody's going to give you space to do a nice fancy dribble or or you're going to have somebody dominate the midfield it's just you know it's the third division a number things get things get uh dirty yeah do you do you think that that's that hurts us because of our because we are so much younger than many many of our players are so much younger than the players that they're going up against in a situation like that. Yeah, I think when you when you are talking about the the filiales or the you know Spanish for the for the youth teams, um, it, it it really is, or at least it aims to be uh, uh, an extension of the first team. So. When you have a team like Villarreal who, who, you know, is not going to have a strong defense and try to play it out of the back with long balls and get somebody to bring it down and, and score, um, it's, you know, you're, you're trying to put together a, a frame of, you know, work that's going to be nice to watch, that you're going to be creating chances, that you're going to be up in the, up in the field. It's, you know, it's, it's something that in the third division may or may not play well just because people are going to muscle you up and they're going to L- you know, their way into 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 those uh, those games. Um, I wonder how much of it is a combination of age and also just the way we play, and mm-hmm. that we're playing in a division that doesn't necessarily like that and uh, doesn't allow it to happen. Yes, I think I think that's I I remember well several years ago now. Remember when we were playing um, Reus in the? I think it was in the playoffs. Is it Reus? I know we mm-hmm. lost to Elche one year too, but I, I just mm-hmm. remember there was one match and maybe it was the, or it could have been the last one of the season where if we had won it, we would have finished first. I can't remember. It was just obvious that the team we were up against was so much more accomplished in playing the games of the game <laughs> than we were. I mean, you know, we're full of energy and we're running around and we're trying to make these great little passes and, and do things. And they're t- time wasting, pushing us off the ball, doing yep. all the little dirty stuff that that just, you know, we could not figure out how to get that goal that we needed to 
finished first in the division. I think was what it was. And that's the, that's the thing that's really hard. And, and of course the other, the other B teams have the same problem. I mean, it's, it's why we don't have many in terms of talent. There are a lot of, you know, you, you look at the talent on the rosters and you think some of these B teams ought to be able to get into the Segunda, but it's a, it's a tough slog. And then you've got to get through these playoffs, which are crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it is not an easy thing. I think it really hurts though, because I, every year we end up with players who we say, well, if the second team were in the Segunda, we could just put them there. Right. Since they're not, we've got to loan them or do something. Um, you know, we, we seem, seem to run into those players every year where we are looking at, okay, so we loan them out for a year and, and sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. For someone like Pau Torres, it was perfect. Um, mm-hmm. plenty of other players who got loaned to a Segunda side and don't, and don't end up playing much. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, well, Really, I mean, he played everything with Malaga, so it was a, it was. I didn't watch him that much, but I do remember he was huge for them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, when you have a team of young, you know, youngsters, it's 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 the same reason why you you are allowed, even though I don't particularly agree with the ruling, but you are allowed to have, uh, you know, one, two, three, maybe up to three players even that are over twenty three in the under twenty three international tournaments. Right. Um, it's because they're gonna talk to them about that kind of stuff. They're gonna say, listen, whenever this happens. Don't bite into it. You gotta be sure that you keep it calm. You gotta make sure that you play, you, know, you play, you play the game that, you know, not get, not get, uh, robbed up by these guys. Um, but yeah, the saddest thing about, about this year, I would say, is that with Villarreal Bay is that I get to watch the B team play against Castellón because they just got promoted. Um, so, cause that was, that was definitely fun for me to watch. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and Castellon is will be in the Segunda for the first time in what twenty years or something. So yeah, I think about ten. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while. But okay. I really enjoyed watching uh, the capital of the province playing against the B team of a town. That was uh, yeah. that was fun. <laughs> that was fun. Okay, we're gonna take a brief little break, and when we come back, it looks like we're gonna have Sid with us to so we can talk about Villarreal um, memories and also maybe a little bit about what we're gonna do. Um, in this season coming up. So here's a little bit of a break. Hey, guys. Yeah, you probably could use another five minutes, but I can be on, and maybe I'll just chime in at the end of the next question. Okay. Um, but I was curious. Wait, they, they already played four games, or did they make the Segunda playoffs one game? They made them. They made them one game in each round. Okay, so they played two more games after they. So like Castellon, I know did they 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 lost on penalties in the sort of champion yes, round? Lost. They lost that one, and then they played some team that they beat, where the other team got down to nine players and Castellon yep. scored in injury time, and then they the, then they won this game. Um, uh, the playoff round because they did all this. There was no home and away because they did all the, all of the matches down in what Malaga, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. In Malaga, uh, Rio. Uh, okay. Okay. So, so they uh, lost the first, but won the next two. The next no, but it just seemed very, very quick. So I suppose they played both this past week. Oh yeah, so, it was uh, within a matter yeah. of three or four days. Oh, I don't know. yeah. 
Um, okay, so what I was going to ask you, Christian, and um, Sid spent time in Spain back in the Pellegrini glory years. He can he can come in and comment too. But so you've been watching Virial for longer than any of us by a long shot. What what teams? What are your favorite memories, or do you have a favorite team or a favorite player from any year? Or uh, yeah, I would say. I mean, obviously, you have a soft spot for Bruno, um, and that's just because the guy was. You know, he's from he's from the province. He was in the youth system. He he almost gave it up. He was he had to be brought back in. Uh, when he was 16, um, and then from then on, he just, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been there. And then, of course, the success story of the past three years. Um, you know, Bruno's always been, uh, kind of my, my idol, uh, cause he exemplifies Villarreal. But, um, I mean, you know, it, 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 it depends. I mean, you ask me, I'd say Robert Pires or obviously Riquelme, uh, Forlan uh, was amazing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, ha- I have a lot, but I would have to pick one. Mm-hmm. It must must have been must have been quite interesting to go in the short space of time from watching a team in the Segunda B in a stadium where that was largely unseated, as you said. Seeing videos of some of El Madrigal in the seventies or whatnot, and it looks like kind of like Alcoyano's ground now. I mean, it looks kind of charming, but ramshackle, let's say, <laughs> and. And go to the chain with, you know, guys like Riquelme and Forlan and, and all those others. It must have been quite a quite a change. Oh, it was. I mean, it was. You know, it, it was kind of. You were kind of like in a dream. All of a sudden, Villarreal was in all the headlines. Um, I will say. You know, I will say that before um, before. Well, so a lot of people say there was a before and after Martin Palermo. When Palermo joined, uh-huh. um, and you know, when Maradona famously said, you know, where, where the hell is VRL? What, what are you doing? You know, um, he, he went to a press conference and he talked to him, you know, talked to the press about like, well, I, I have no idea what Martin is doing, but that, that was not a good idea. Um, but I would say there would be, there was a before and after, um, I don't know how many of you remember Victor, the striker, the Spanish striker. Mm-hmm. So Victor. I, yeah. Yeah, he, probably more famous from Valladolid, right? Sure, sure. Yeah. He came from Valladolid, uh, you know, spent some decent money on him. Um, I'm pretty sure the story is that Fernando Roch um, bought his father an apartment in the Areal so that he would he would be happy with the with the transfer. Um, but that was the first the first signing where people were saying Okay, you know this guy was gonna go to to a to a top sixteen probably. He'd been doing really well in Valladolid, um, and now he's he's coming. Uh huh. Victor actually ended up scoring a lot of goals and playing for the national team uh, through through his work with Villarreal. He only played one game, but he was there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when we kind of started to kind of pop up in the radar a little bit. But um, what, was he but yeah, the first? I mean, was he the first Villarreal national team player? Um, so no, um, so there was the striker called, well, Villarreal Spanish player, meaning player that played in Spain played for because of Villarreal or? Yeah. Yeah. Well, played for a, 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 a while with Villarreal. Sure. Yeah. And 
And I would say, I can't remember if it was him or Unai Vergara. Unai was a center back. Unai Vergara. Both. Okay. Okay. I thought you were going to say when you said striker, yeah, I thought you were talking about the same Paquito. Game, so I, I thought you were talking about Paquito. Uh, but. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, Paquito was a... Like it was amazing for the team and 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 on the bench, um, but uh, but I actually don't remember if, if if he played for the national team, but it was in Villarreal. Yeah, probably. Well, probably not because they were probably right, Segunda Bay or even Tercera at the time. Paquito was there, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I was I was there in 2005, but I was actually in Barcelona, so I did not make it to Villarreal at that point. But I was there for the group stages of the Champions League, mm. so so that was pretty fun. It was it was also almost impossible in Barcelona to actually find a place where they were showing the game. Sure, <laughs> but I uh, managed to get some friends together and. You know, basically, right? What was that campaign? I think we won two and drew four, or yes, that's possible, right? Drew five, something like that. All, all I remember is Man U got eliminated uh, on match day six because Ronaldo got a straight red <laughs> when he was still playing for them, and then of course we went through and they did not. So, right. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember us being a very uh, low-scoring group stage for. for oh us, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I think it may have been like four goals, four <laughs> two against, or something like that. We <laughs> we were pretty sure both games against Man U were nil nil. We were we were quite happy with that. Uh, I think that's I mean, right. I, I always thought it was interesting that when people were. We're taught, would show all the video clips of Viriel swashbuckling, you know, Rick Elmay in midfield and all the excitement. And we were playing these nil-nil <laughs> draws or, or, or getting a goal and holding on and winning one nil. I mean, I think, you know, that was the thing that we had a, that we had a real talent for in that, in that knockout, um, competition where we really haven't been able to do that in a lot of years since. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. it was very important for VRL to to get through the group stages uh, financially. So um, mm-hmm. for for that year, so it was important for them to grind other results and get the and get through uh, because it, it, you know it, it it meant that it was going to be double digit millions coming to to the club uh, if you get through the 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 round of sixteen. I think it was uh, the next stage. Uh, but we were just happy to get through Rangers everything. I mean, we played everything. Goals, right? Yeah. 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 But we, we played Everton on the qualifying round. We were just happy Correct. to be there, really. Correct. That's the famous one they all remember with Colina. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah. That was so. That was that was part of what got me liking Villarreal was I mean that Champions League run because it was really it was a coincidence of things. One, it was like I was in a I was at a, um, a job where I actually had time to to be involved with with soccer and, and follow it. And the other thing was, I had grown up a Liverpool fan, so the fact that Virial played Everton and beat them, great. <laughs> ah, nice. That's right. You know? That's right. So, you know, so that was, so that was, um, that was part of the, part of the fun of it. And then, and then also, of course, being a Liverpool fan growing up, you, you know, I hated Arsenal. And, and so the fact that we lost to Arsenal really kind of made me respect Virial even more, I think. I mean, I would have loved- I was, uh, 
I was in college and I took off that day. I was quote unquote sick. Um, yeah, so did, so was, did uh, I. I was yeah. also yep. in college and I was also <laughs> skipping class. So. And it was right after lunch, so I was like, you know what, I might go to class. Um, but I remember watching it in my house by myself, and I mean, it hurts to even think about. It. I, 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 it was, I was kind of in a, on a cloud during the penalty when they called it, you know, whatever, whatever the hell somebody worked to the got as a penalty. And I was like, you know what, I'll take it. But I mean, when, when, you know, when he missed it, I was just on my knees crying like a baby. That was yeah. just, that was, that was harder in a lot of ways than, than the relegation and the relegation I took too. But that was just really, really hard. We were almost there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think the relegation, the one I, I, I remember being very realistic about it. I mean, they were just so bad that year, honestly. I mean, then there were, there were, there were so many chances to escape it that at some point when you just failed to do it, it was like, well, there mm-hmm. were, there was, it was meant, it was meant that this was going to happen. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, I, yeah. I actually was surprised going into, I can, going into the last round this year. I, that's the way Celta struck me. I mean, I mm-hmm. thought these guys are going to go down because every freaking week they've got a chance to escape, and every week they find a new way not to. Um, I think that they, uh, and they should have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's yep. let's not start with that because, boy, <laughs> yeah. I was yelling at the TV about that game. Uh, yeah, so. yeah. But I I think I think the thing that really scared me was when. Uh, there was a woman who ran a website for a while. This, you know, you got to remember this is, this is after Spain has won the World Cup and the, and the Euros. So there's a, there's a lot more interest in Spanish football generally. And she had started a website with a friend of hers, um, in the States. And she had gone over to visit Madrid and caught our match against Rio there. And I had, you know, and she said, oh, yeah, I'll let you know what happens. And and we won the game, but I'll never forget her saying, you know, that they just aren't right. I mean, you know, yeah, they won, but they look doomed. <laughs> and that's, that's what happened. You know, it's, it's just mentally we just couldn't get couldn't get out of it. And as as you said, said we had so many chances to escape and we never did. So, you know, we just we, we just didn't get the help from other teams that we needed. Yeah, and I remember, I think it was a matter of two minutes where we got scored and then, you know, the other goal that, the other would, goal, but yeah. that would get us really get it happened. It was a matter, I mean, I was listening to the radio. I wasn't watching it uh, because I just couldn't. I just couldn't watch <laughs> it. I was listening to the Spanish radio. Um, of course, Spanish radio, that was, you know, it was, again, it was a few years back. So super spotty on the Internet. I was going nuts. And then I just remember when when it went in, and when they said, you know, VRL is right now in relegation spots, I was just, I just knew it. I'm like, that's it. We're not getting out of this one. Cause that's when you get the weak knees and, and you can't score. And, and it was, it was, it was hard. It was hard. My, you know, yeah. my partner, my partner was like, well, are you okay? I was like, no, you, you don't understand me. My, my partner is American. So, uh, you know, and she knows that I love soccer, but I was like, you know, are you okay? Nope. It was, it was, it was kind of like somebody died for me. It was, yeah. uh, it was rough. I, well, it's it's, I, it's so much harder to explain relegation than it is, you know, things in American sports. Sure. So That's a good point. I'm a I'm a baseball fan. I've always been a fan of the Orioles. I mean, so they're basically the bottom of the league for however many years. And it's like, well, 
they'll still be there next year. <laughs> I mean, the team yeah, exactly. is still there. They're not, you know, they're not folding up. They're not at risk of losing half their revenue. They're going to stink, but they're still there. Uh, and it's just such a different thing. And how many cases do we have? You know, Rossing has gone back down. Like, are they, are they going to come out of this again? You don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I remember that I, I did watch the last game that, 2011-12 season, I did watch it, and I was, and unlike some matches where you, where it's nil-nil and you think, okay, yeah, we can hold on to this one, I was like, you know, I was just sort of waiting for the roof to fall in, and I was really confused, though, because when, as you said, it was like all these things were happening at once, and I remember um, it took me a minute, you know, so I'm, I'm kind of watching the, once they scored, I'm, I'm thinking that's it. We're relegated. It's all over. You know, it's all over. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, um, when Marco Ruben flashed that header just wide of the far post, it was like, it didn't even strike me for, for a minute that, oh yeah, if that had gone in, we would have stayed up. I mean, I think <laughs> I, I would just mentally mm-hmm. had checked out at that point. And I, and I remember my wife asking me if I think the thing was like, you're okay. And I'm like, well, no, not really. <laughs> and, uh, and I think her next question was, you know, well, do you think that, do you think that the will continue? <laughs> and I would say, well, I hope so, but I don't know, you know, I don't know if SB Nation will keep us or not. And they did. So, but it was, but it was just, it, yeah, it was like your, your world just collapsed. Um, and I think that, so I think and that was. And Preciado that, died. <laughs> well, he couldn't. Uh, yeah. If you, if you remember, I think there was some article that year. Alan, they asked us, like, tell us how bad your team's year has been, how good or bad it's been. We were like, I think we have a pretty good case for number one here. We got relegated. We sold our entire team. We hired a new coach. He died. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, not, not sure what else you could go for here. No, it was pretty bad. The only the only good thing I, that came out of that, and 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 Rogers talked about this a few times, is that we were way ahead our our limit. Uh, you know, there was and there wasn't financial p- uh, play before, uh, so we were way above our limit for wages. We just we were just pushing, trying to get to that title. We were just you know kind of getting wrapped up in all the excitement of having a huge, great team of being up there to play in those games. And Roach was trying to push for it, and I and I you know I, I think that's great, but. We're getting relegated helped us get a lot, get rid of, of course, huge stars that we needed to get, but we couldn't, but also a lot of, I wouldn't say that way, but a lot of players that were getting paid a lot of money and that we, you know, we just, we, we couldn't afford to begin with. Yeah. Camunas. <laughs> Camunas. That's my guy. That's, that's where you, the way you, do you have something against Camunas or? I think he just, he just epitomized the, as you say, Spending money on mm. something you didn't need, something that didn't improve what you had, something that you could have no. gotten homegrown for much less. And then we just always remember that he had to defend himself when the fans attacked him after the season, that he said, I'm a hard worker. Right. <laughs> hard work, hard working communion, yes. Yeah, it was, it was not, it was not great. And of course the fact that, that the Spanish economy was at the, you know, it was still coming out of the recession, but it was really bad. Um, didn't help either. So, 
I think that kind of informs us, though, now, because we're looking at, I mean, this whole COVID thing is going to wreak havoc with um, with budgets and everything for the next couple of years. I mean, we don't know if teams are going to be able to have fans in the stands. We don't know how things are going to work out. So I think at least Senior Raj has some experience of playing, th- you know, I don't I don't see us pushing the envelope way far out here to go into huge debt. Mm-hmm. That's exactly that. The one question he got during the press conference, that was exactly his response. Oh, was it? Okay. It was the press conference was at three 30 in the morning here. I did not. get up <laughs> Yeah, but they, they have it on YouTube. Oh, do they? Okay. Yep. No, so check it out. So, yeah, I mean, so, so Christian, you, what do you think we, you know, we were talking earlier about Emery being a, probably the biggest name hire as a coach we've ever had. I think it's kind of ironic that we have Emery and Valencia has Javi Gracia and <laughs> they have, have Paco Lopez, both of whom coached for us in, in the B team. So, um, mm-hmm. so, <laughs> so we and have you been recording by the way, Alan, or were you waiting to restart? No, I've been recording. So, so we've been, um, so we've been, um, pushing the boat out to get Emery as a coach, but what are we going to do in terms of how do you see the team shaping up under him? I mean, I think, I think at first when you look at the way Emery, you know, plays, and, and I will be honest with you guys, I, you know, I, I obviously follow Villarreal. I, I enjoy watching soccer. When it comes to tactics, I, you know, I, I was a goalkeeper in Spain and I was a striker here and, Texas is not my forte, but I can kind of see the, I can see the styles, I can see the, you know, kind of the gaps and all that. So when it comes to Emery, he already has a team that I think is going to play well with him. I mean, he has, you know, he doesn't, historically, he doesn't do well defensively. I, I think if you follow the EPL, you know that from Arsenal, but if not, then anybody who follows La Liga knows that from, from his other teams. Uh, he doesn't necessarily care that the defense is, you know, is solid in the back. It's more about how can the defense support the attack. Um, I think that the the uh, the two um, um, the right back and the left back are going to be huge for a system, um, and I think we have the players for it. For instance, in the in in on the wings, uh, I think he's going to really take advantage of players like like Moreno and Pena, and and even Mario V gets a little bit more forward, and uh, obviously Samu on Tiberos, which you know I kind of wanted to see a little bit more from him this year, but I but I'm hoping for more next year. I think he's got a great team. I think uh, we definitely need to shore up the midfield um, for obvious reasons. Um, and then up top, you know, I, I think we have more strikers than he wants. Uh, but I also know, if I'm not mistaken, I know from when he was coaching Sevilla, which when you think about it, he has a few players that he's managed from Sevilla. He has um, Iborra, he has... Uh, um, uh, Moreno. Baca. Baca, yeah. And so my point with Baca was like, I think I remember that they didn't get along too well. So I don't expect Baca to continue with Villarreal. Uh, now that he was looking great, but, uh, I think he's gonna leave this summer. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we should have enough with what we have up top. Um, but probably the midfield is where it needs more work. Uh, as well, of course, as I think we need a, a center back, uh, as soon as possible. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I, Someone else mentioned that Baca 
I guess his reaction to Emory when the Emory news broke was kind of like, well, you know, he he's like, well, yeah, I, I don't think they got along all that well, but I think he, I, it's hard to know with Baca. I mean, he's, I think he's pretty happy in Virial. So, but I, but I also think we're paying him a lot of money to do not a lot. So, right. Yeah. He's definitely happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think maybe he would be, he would be a big salary. I think that I could see us moving on. Um, yeah. Other than that though, I mean, it's interesting because I don't know. I, I don't see if you think you've seen more of Emery's teams than I have. I, I, the one player that I worry about how he would function under Emery is, is Samu because he's so non-defensive minded that at least under Calleja, whenever we put him out there, it sort of unbalanced the team. Um, and so I don't know. He's, he's, he's the guy that I could see going if we got a big money offer. Um, because it seemed like he's kind of plateaued a bit. I don't know. Um, I, I agree with you. I think is I think he has plateaued this year. Um, and also, uh, I mean, as a follower of of EPL, I watch EPL as much as I can. Um, as well, I, I think I think Sama could be a great player for EPL. I I feel like in in La Liga the way he plays, you know, it's gonna be tough, especially for a team like VRL to 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 kind of gel with. You know, with with a couple different tactical systems, just because you you know you said it, he he brings some things to the table, but then in others, you know, he just doesn't have it. Um, but I will say that Emmett is really good at at you know I, I, I I've seen it in the past. This is he's good at partnerships, so just trying to trying to make other players in the field, you know, help out with areas where the player A can't perform. Um, mm. I've seen that a lot. I saw it with Arsenal where Lacazette and Aubameyang were really feeding off of each other. And I'm really hoping that he will, he will kind of continue that, continue that partnership with, uh, Samuel and Moreno, um, to a point to where they both can kind of complement each other even more, uh, uh, and help each other, uh, on the field and, and, and help each other be better. Uh, but I think that Samu, at some point, he's he's probably gonna go with you know if I had to get something like twenty thirty million to a place like England, I, I think that his speed and the way he plays plays well there. Mm. Yeah, I don't I don't know that I see Samu moving particularly at that price. I think they realize that they have so much that they could get out of him. That I don't know that they're going to be willing to to do that. Um, <clears throat> that said, it's certainly possible. Was just curious uh, looking at lineups um, from the three Europa League wins, and um, Ibora appears to have been a sub who came on in two of them, mm-hmm. and actually in the second Europa League win, uh, Baca scored twice. Mm. So again, not sure if that relationship soured after the fact or what it may have been. Um, but and Baca also started the first Europa League win, mm. and Ibora was again on the bench. Alberto Moreno also started the first Europa League win, so mm. he certainly got experience with a number of these players. Um, couple of things I thought were interesting from the press conference, and again, the full thing is on YouTube, and, you know, as as what what they say, the 
entry um, video that we're going to have for a little while into what he's thinking and, and doing. Uh, he did say that he's looking for four to five um, new players. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I think we can all say for sure a defensive midfielder and a center back are required. And, mm-hmm. again, maybe maybe the defensive midfielder less if you sign Zambo, but maybe not um, because it's not really the same position. Um, and then, you know, Santi's replacement – but it was interesting that he didn't, you know, he said we need to replace Bruno and Santi. And then I think you'd say, okay, and maybe we need a center back. Um, right. But, you know, either he's accounting for expected turnover uh, or he sees that the squad could use a little more depth. The one thing I was going to say about Baca is if NS Unal doesn't come back, um, and I just think the odds are low of a player you loan for multiple seasons all of a sudden coming back and having an impact on your team. Mm-hmm. Um, if Baca leaves, then, you know, is Fer Nino coming to the A-team to sit as a fourth striker? I just don't know that that makes sense. I would rather send him on loan to a Segunda team and have him playing regularly. Mm-hmm. So I think if Baca leaves, you're probably looking for two strikers, assuming you think you need four, which maybe maybe the answer is he doesn't, since, you know, typically he's playing a 4-2-3-1. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's saying, okay, you know, Paco is going to be my target guy, and I'm going to look for one other, and if I need to play Gerard up there, I can. Yeah, or we've got, or we've got several players who could play in that sort of – Second striker role behind, um, behind probably Paco. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, the question of the, the lineup portion that I'm wondering about where I feel like we've just got so many people who can theoretically play there, but I don't know how many of them actually play there very well for what we're trying to do is, um, left back, I think especially because if you've got Joe Costa has come back from loan. Alfonso Pedraza. Do you do you, do you think do you think either of those players stays? What? I don't. I don't. I don't know. I mean, that's 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 part of my question. But the thing is, if you you have those two coming back, you have Alberto Moreno, you have Quintilla, you have um, Miguelon, who is on loan. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you've. Uh, but he's he's more of a right back. Though. Okay, but but yeah. but then it, but he can play on the left side too. But yes, on the right. But then on the right, you have Pena and Mario, so he's kind of blocked there. I don't know. It just feels like we've got an embarrassment of of bodies there. I don't well, know. don't forget about uh, uh, Pedraza, who's on loan with yeah, yeah, I, I, mentioned oh, yeah. I, I really, I, really <laughs> enjoyed watching Pedraza last year. Well, see, I... Uh, You're going to be in the minority, I think, <laughs> I don't. I don't think he has endeared himself to the fan base, shall we say. <laughs> yeah, but... The, Honestly, I, like, I liked how how much he pushed forward uh, and the fact that he was just willing just to go all out, and I think everybody would like that, too. See, I think, when I think of the of all of those guys, I, I mean... Joe Mecosta, I've always liked, I mean, you know, I call him battling Joe Mecosta because he really does just give, give it everything. Um, I, I think he's, he adds some, some muscle on that side. 
the Pedraza is uh, the thing with the fan base is you can overcome that. I mean, if you, you know, Virial's fan base is such that if you start playing well for us, they're going to forgive what you said last year. Mm-hmm. Not a big deal. Um, <laughs> I just don't know if he, I don't know. I don't, I, the thing about Pedraza is, and I was commenting on this today is both he and Joe Costa are in the last year of their contract. So if you're going to move them, it feels like this is the year you want to move them. Yeah. And Pedraza, you could get more money for certainly than, than Joe Costa. I don't know. I don't know if either one of them stays. I, I kind of would like to, I, I'm kind of in that, that minority where I like Pedraza, even though he drives me crazy. Um, you know, his turning radius is about half the width of the pitch. He's, <laughs> but I like, <laughs> well, no, there's a lot of, there's a lot of skill and there's a lot of potential there for sure. Yeah. yeah, but, there, yeah. You know, um, I like him as a, as a B-teamer. I was going to say also on Pena, though, I think it was interesting to see him get more and more of a look further upfield as the season Mm -hmm. went on. And again, I think that's directly related to something Christian was saying, which was playing, for example, Moy and Samu. You had this like hugely imbalanced formation where you had basically one side tracking back and not pushing as far forward and one side basically only going forward. Um, so I think there was some realization also, you know, maybe you can get a little bit more balance of playing sort of a defense-minded first player. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it always reminds us of the years of Escriba and Garrido, you know, basically lining up three fullbacks uh, <laughs> down on one wing to try yeah. and shut things down. Who are the um, position? Yeah, but but I think I think Pena has more more potential going forward than certainly we saw this year. Obviously, it was a tough year for him personally and then adjusting to a new team. Um, but I think there's a, there's a lot more there as well um, that that hopefully we'll see next season. I agree, because I think when he when he came from, from A-Bar, he was, you know, he had, had a really good season there. And I think, as you said, he had a, there were some personal issues this year that he had to deal with that were very difficult. But I think over the course of the latter part of the season, we started, we really saw him at his best. And I was interested, you know, I never know how much, um, to, for these stats services, how much faith I put in him. But it was interesting that, it, that in terms of man of the match awards on who scored, I think he was second to Santi. I mean, when he played well, he played really, really well. So. You know, wow, that's yeah. I didn't, I didn't know he was that uh, that that value in terms of the of the. You know, when you look at the statistics, I mean, I know that he, you know, he played well in my opinion as well. And there was obviously a big investment made made by the club. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I certainly expect to see more. I think he's gonna do better next. Right. So, so who would who would you guys go for? Uh, you've seen some of the names been tossed around for midfield. I mean. Who would you go for? I guess one would be, assume we don't get Zombo. You know, assume Fulham got promoted and they tell us we either pay 25 million and one depositor, that's it. So we, and we don't get Zombo. Then, then who do we want for our midfield? I mean, I, I, I would like to see what Cassidy does on his way back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know actually. I'm not quite sure if he's coming back this summer. 
or if he's coming back in the winter because of the Argentine or the of the Mexican uh, season. I think it's these. I think it's the winter. Is what oh, it's I, all the way down the end yeah. of the year. Okay. I think I yeah, thought that's... he was just being released. Am I am I mistaken? I thought I saw that that he was being released from his contract. Really? Oh, huh. I mean, I really, I really like what I saw in Casares. The, the few games that I saw, I, I think that was, you know, that was a play that had another player with potential, right? But in a season where we're going to have a lot of goals and a lot of, you know, there, there's going to be a lot of ambition behind this year, so we just we, we need to we need to sign established players. Uh, obviously, I would love to see David Silva. That would be that would be surreal to have him there. Um, yeah. As far as I understand, Parejo is staying in Valencia as of today. Uh, he he put it out there, I think, uh, that he wants to stay in Valencia. Um, but that would have been an amazing signing. And uh, I honestly don't know what we're going to do if Anquisa doesn't sign. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I think Iborra would have to be even more defensive, um, well, in the areas that Anquisa was. But he doesn't have the, you know, like the push that Anquisa has forward. I don't know. I think we need him. Yeah, I think so too. Um, Sid, what do you think about? I was just looking to see if there was anything else on Santi when he was talking about yeah, that. Yeah, no. What 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 it was was I think the reports in Mexico were he's definitely not being signed. Um, oh, okay. By right. America permanently. Oh, okay. And so it looks like he played pretty minimally. Um, so missed the squad for a couple matches, then got spot minutes in three matches, then <laughs> started one game against Nicaxa, <laughs> got a straight Ooh. red in the 54th <laughs> minute where the team yeah. lost, Brilliant. then was suspended, and then played finally a full 90 uh, against Cruz Azul when they lost. So. Yeah. He has started two matches at least, and he finished one. So. <laughs> he finished one. Well, actually, what was interesting was I, I was looking at that at that earlier too, and and that was the second red card that they got that match. I think the first one was somebody got sent off after 15 minutes. So then, <laughs> you know, you get sent off early in the second half when you're already one man down. Probably doesn't endear you to your coach. Um, yeah, that well, that is Liga MX on occasion. So yeah, what do you guys uh, think about uh, Oscar Rodriguez um, on the on the uh, attacking mid? Yeah, <laughs> it doesn't doesn't I, doesn't get the blood racing. I would say. I, I'm, I'd rather okay. I mean, I'd rather have Parejo than uh, I think if we could get him. I mean, he said he was happy in Valencia, and, his, and he and his family like living in Valencia. He can commute to Villarreal on the train. That's that's no problem. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's, that's a quick hour right there. Yeah, um, but I think uh, I, I, I liked. You um, know, though, we're gonna pay. We're gonna pay through the nose for Parejo if we're taking him from Valencia. So I, I yeah. don't I don't know that we have that money. Yeah, I don't know what he, what he would go for. I I like um, the guy from Levante Campania. I, I I know whenever I saw Levante play, I I was impressed with him. So he would be a possibility. Oscar is, I guess I'm just kind of lukewarm because of how Real Madrid works these things with the buyback agreements and all that mess. And I just don't have a lot of. It doesn't feel like there's as much upside because. We'd have to give them most of it. It's just me. But 
you know, if you think he's the right guy. No, uh, I mean, I think I think but I agree with you. But I hope would be my my first uh, um, option. I mean, for players, but I I do like Oscar will be will bring to the table. You know. Uh, uh, that unpredictability that Catarla had sometimes. He's also, you know, very physical and very, uh, um, um, very high energy, which I like, especially for an MLE team. And he's, mm-hmm. he's amazing at free kicks. I mean, the, the, you know, set pieces, he's just, I, I don't really understand how this, you know, this player is playing at Leganes still, uh, and how there's not another 12 teams that are going after him and how the price is, uh, I think, Around the twenty something mark, um, but yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a gamble again in a, in a year where we need to perform in three three competitions. So it's it, there's not a lot out there, and and you know this whole this whole pandemic thing means that there's everybody's going to be safe to buy and not spending a lot of money, and also extremely you know stingy when it comes to giving somebody else a deal because they don't want to get rid of it. That's a good point. Is I think yeah. this, I think teams are probably going to be more willing to hold on to what they got. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. So, <laughs> so yeah, I think there's a question um, of whether teams are going to be if if the transfer market is only going to be sort of within La Liga or otherwise. So that'll be an interesting question to see. Mm-hmm. Meaning the usual sort of migration that passes up the chain as these leagues work. That you know, I think La Liga poaches a lot from France. So is there going to be an ability to do that? Um, you know, given given a short off season, also given, frankly, in France that you haven't seen players play in you know four or five months. What yeah. kind of what kind of physical condition are those players in? When you know, relatively speaking, the players in Spain, like the league, is going to start a lot faster in Spain than it is in France, where players have been late. You know, had such a long layoff. Um, but I mean, if you ask me, if I were looking within the league, there's there's another local team I'd be looking at. It's not Valencia. I mean, I'd love to see El Comandante from Levante uh, come over. You know, Morales has played there for many years. If there were kind of a thing, he is 33. But if you were looking for a thing that, hey, two-year contract, like come get your chance to sort of play in Europe. Um, Mm. He's in the last year of his deal. And then we all know about Bardi at Levante. I mean, Mm. if you're talking about a dead ball expert, I would say he's up there with anybody. Um, his price tag is probably, you know, in the range of, of what we're talking about for Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, definitely a club we have a very good relationship with. We could definitely send them some players on loan as we have over a number of years to uh, try and, mm-hmm. you know, mitigate that price tag. But for example, transfer market is saying that he was bought from Hungary um, for something like two million. They list mm-hmm. his market value at twenty-two. Yeah, um, yeah, he's been, and yeah. he's a, he's a talented player. So you know, and we know uh-huh. he has experience in the league. Um, and again, I think our relationship with Levante 
might make it that we're not paying maybe the same kind of thing that um, you know another team that doesn't have that would have to. No, that, that, that could be. I mean, I know someone mentioned the bar on the blog and kind of was. I, I think Levante is a good place to look. I think the other. I guess the real question that, that is we're really unsure about is that initially, I think. When COVID hit and the league shut down, there was this feeling of, well, we're going to need to sell players. In the case of, I'm better off keeping this guy with the contract that I don't have to negotiate now than go and sell him. I've got to take that money and reinvest it and then do more negotiation on everything. I just feels like that's, maybe more of an effort that, that some teams don't want to make. And I think the point about France especially is good is that we haven't – these leagues have been have been done for so long. I mean, the Dutch League, too, is another source of players. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the Belgian League has been has been done. And to be honest, the way things are going in, in Europe right now, we don't know, you know, what if what if we buy a player from Belgium and then Belgium goes into lockdown? I mean, right. there's a lot of cross. There's a there's a there there are issues that you have to consider that you don't usually have to right now. So it's mm-hmm. a lot safer to buy a player from your own country, I think. Yeah, and it was more prone to also the you know kind of the new way of a lot of clubs are approaching, which is just you know there, there's a lot of negotiations happening right now. We're just conversations around swapping players. So at the end of the day, you know, it's always going to be more. Uh, uh, a bit more seamless and more comfortable just to swap a player that you know for a player that the other team knows mm-hmm. and try to keep the try to keep the financial you know strain to a minimum yeah that's we just don't point. have a lot to swap <laughs> no well, not- you know I mean we do in the sort of right three to six million range yeah yeah so again it's yeah. it sort of depends you know again for Levante to say okay We'll give you Barty for 15 million and give us Jaume Costa and give us a year of Ferninho. Mm. Like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe something like that makes sense. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and they can figure out, you know, quite likely again, right? The Real, I think, is an unusual position. Team like Levante is surely much more dependent on gate revenue. Because that's that's sort of one of the things they hang their hat on. At least we're the second team of Valencia, and you know we get twenty five, thirty thousand people. Um, you know, any part of next season being played without fans, surely they're not sort of a big branding merchandise team. Um, you know, mm-hmm. puts puts that team in in serious trouble. So you know, having mm-hmm. sort of decent. And, and if you remember, Levante's best years were kind of those years that they had the Ballesteros and, yeah. you know, that, the, <laughs> the over the hill gang, if you will, that they, that they were able to pull together. Um, right. So. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I'm, that's where I wonder if all those left backs that we have might enter into something because, um, Pedraza too, it's, the tricky bit is that you'd have to get him to sign a new contract before you loaned him again, I think, because otherwise his contract runs out at the end of the year. So you're not going to be able to take him back or sell him. 
Um, but if he were willing to do that, I could see him going to uh, Levante or someplace like that and maybe maybe doing well if we decide we don't want to, to continue with him. It's – yeah, I, I tend to think looking at teams that we have good, a good relationship with is probably best. I think that Danny Parejo – I kind of get the sense that he's perturbed about the whole Valencia mess, but I don't get that he's – wanting to force a move, which I think maybe a few weeks ago we thought maybe he wants. Yeah, I mean, it's a good point. I mean, the whole the whole operation is a mess. Uh, somebody in their technical staff or their office is resigning or getting fired every week. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past them that in a week or two things have changed. Um, but mm-hmm. I do, you know, bring in some stability to it, but you know, he also doesn't have the you know, the cachet to, 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 you know, to, to let the owner know that he needs to step away and uh, let him do his job. So who knows what's going to happen over there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and their wage bill, you know, something we, I saw people talking on the website, you know, there is a fire sale going on. You have to be able to pay the wages too, though. And Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. fine. The transfer fee on some of these players might be low, but I can tell you Gabriel makes two or three times what he did at VRL. Right, right. Are you, are you really going to bring him back on that? <laughs> you know, then yeah. you have him in the top five of the wage structure here. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, for our third center back, eh, probably probably not a great use of money. Look look what has... Well, Albiol is about to be 35. Gabriel? Albiol. Albiol is about to be 35, yep. I think. yep. Yep. No, there's definitely a need for a third center back. I'm just saying you have to keep in mind also on wages. If you yeah. bring in players from Valencia, you know, even Cherry Shed. I mean, again, if we're talking about players we've even had, just mm-hmm. to bring him back, you're going to pay him 2x in wages if, if you wanted that as an option. Right. So, we went through that with, um, with Victor Ruiz when we brought him over initially. Yeah. On- Exactly. No, exactly. We, and we, and we, we had to, we had to do the same sort of thing we did with Soldado, where we increased the term of the contract to minimize the annual value. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, um, I think same thing with Ruiz, that he ended up signing a four-year deal because we basically had to stagger out his wages. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And so yeah. what I was going to say is that Gabriel would be like the example of Baca, that I don't think anybody would say, honestly, if Baca were on half his wages, that that's a bad use of the player. The problem is what he signed for versus what his role is in the team. Mm -hmm. Um, And you start having two or three of those, and that's when you really start sort of getting financially um, a bit unstable. Uh, Right. Yeah, it's funny because, you know, you were mentioning, and I didn't watch the whole video, so I wonder if Emery said, Said that that he was looking for a few uh, for a few players, but the the soundbite that I heard in uh, in the in the local radio show today um, was that he he said we are looking for three, four, five, maybe six positions that we want to improve at, and that just got me thinking how how are we planning on paying for all this if you're going to improve the quality of the squad. Unless you're selling something, I don't. We don't have that much mm-hmm. money to improve the squad. In five, he literally said five, six positions. Mm, yeah, 
I heard during the press conference four or five players. Now, again, you know, does Zombo count if we're talking about that? Do some of the loanees coming back, you know, does Miguel Own coming back count as that? You know, you don't necessarily know whether he's talking also about a starter or otherwise. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I think think spending it, you know, certainly center back, defensive midfield, and striker, you could see all – you know, logical, 8, 10, 12, 15, you know, up to 20 if the right guy were there. But I don't know that we, we have that money. Yeah. That's why I keep wondering if, um, it, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but it just seemed to me that the, the fact that we hired Emery in, essentially hired him in mid-March, albeit on the down low, um, that we, as soon as, season ended, went over to Fulham, so we want to pay $25 million for Zombo. You know, I just wonder if there's not some sort of, for all I know, we could have an agreement with Liverpool to buy um, Samu for $40 million plus 10% of any future sale. I just think the way we're acting, to me, it's like we're acting more like we have some money coming in from somewhere, and that would be the most obvious place. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, and, and the Toko account being money. So again, that, that's being counted in this window. So mm-hmm. you don't know if that's, that's what that's being treated. So that, you know, that's one player, um, of yeah. a decent spend. Yeah. And then again, you've taken off two of your top three to five wage earners. So, you know, that's half another player. So, right. so yeah, I just, I just, um, it does to, seem like one big shoe has to drop, you're right, to be uh, able to make four yeah. or five moves. And yeah. I think we've all said there's probably only three guys. Um, so maybe the question becomes who who would you who would you most prefer to lose? Pau, uh, Samu or Gerard? Well, I've said what I think. I, I think Samu is the sort of the square peg in the round hole. Um and I think I think he's the, I think he's the most, I think if we structure the deal right, he's the guy that I would say would be the most logical to move. Gerard, I don't, I, I don't want to lose him and I don't want to lose Powell and I don't think Powell wants to go. So I'd rather, I'd rather we sold, if, we, if we're going to sell one of the three, I also think Samu is probably the most Ready for a new challenge, shall we say? So I don't mm-hmm. think. But he also may bring in the smallest fee at this exact moment. Yeah, I, I agree. Possibly. He would probably be the he would probably would be the lowest fee out of the three. Um, yeah. I think I think Powell is still very young, and he just he just made it. Uh, but I also know that you know it's. I mean, he's the center back, and he's a young one, and he's one that that is uh, you know that's good at uh, you know. Good at what he does with the profile of the Barcelona and the like center back. So, you know, we all know at some point he's going to go. We just hope is is in a couple of seasons, maybe after we won something. But um, I think with Samu, you know, I think he would be ready for, for for a good for for a new challenge, and we could get some money out of him without necessarily, you know, bringing bringing the the you know the starting eleven to to a halt just based on on performance. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the one the one with Samu, right, is of of the three, who's the most likely who you could sell someday for a hundred million? It's probably him, just because of the position and the the skill set. Not to, not to say I I I don't think that Pau and Gerard are better rounded players, but again, you pay for you pay for speed, you pay for explosion, you pay for the the flair. Um, so, but the one the one thing I was going to say though is is I think you're right that if the move for Pau and Gerard is you know. Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico. I think if you're in their shoes and that's what you want to do, you can basically sit at Villarreal and pick the time you go. <laughs> so, for example, if you're Gerard, mm-hmm. Messi leaves. There, you know, Suarez leaves. Like, there's going to have to be a reblooding of Barcelona's attack. Maybe mm-hmm. you come in and you can be one of those guys. Like you can you can sort of wait and pick your moment there, yeah. and you know they're going to have money whether they actually have the money or they they go into hawk for it. But you know, so so and same thing for Powell. I mean, you can look at it. You've got PK and Ramos both aging. Mm-hmm. Like you can pick your moment that you want to make that move at the time when you know you'll actually play. <laughs> Versus you go now and you go, you know, get loaned out to Hitafe. Right. Yeah, I I just think that I just think that the other thing you have to look at though is, yeah, Samu could go for a hundred million someday. Is he going to go for a hundred million from Villarreal? No. I think that's why I say if if you could structure a deal where you were getting forty million plus. A portion of the future sale, then if you know, then if Liverpool sell him on for a hundred million in three years, we're going to get some more money out of it, and we'd be happy to get sixty for a guy we paid nothing for. Basically. I mean, I I just think looking at Villarreal that makes more sense to me because I think if you're holding on to a guy, thinking that well if, if I just hold him on, hold on to him, hold on to him for the right time, and he and he develops. You know, a little more, I can get a hundred million for him. But we've never had that happen with Ross. Sort of, kind of let Barcelona dangle money and then pull it back. I just, you know, I'm just thinking if if we get the chance to get good money now and we can use it effectively, I would make the move. But I'm not in charge. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, that well, that that's one, and then two. <laughs> I think if you all asked us, would you pay forty million for Samu based on performance? I don't know that we would. Yeah. So, so then you know you've got to sort of believe believe that the player can get better um, by by being in a different environment. Yeah. Uh, and that yeah. I mean that's hard, right? He's only been in Spain, <laughs> and now you know you want him to move to England or. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, I think Serie A would suit him really well. Um, so I, I wonder if one of those teams, like you could see him being really good at like Inter. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and they supposedly are going to have a lot of money. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That, that's an interesting thought. Hard to know. Well, anyway, we should probably, probably wrap, wrap this up. Any last <laughs> thoughts on, uh, <laughs> 
any last thoughts on today and and uh, anything else? It's it's kind of interesting having Virial be so much in the news. I will say that I kind of like that. Indeed, I was going to say it's the first time I think I've seen them be on the ticker on the bottom of ESPN in a long time. Uh, and so, of course, we get to thank the uh, the haughty English for uh, making a mockery of Unai, such that his name is now well enough known. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. But but I think I think the tone of the conference was you know again, and I think we felt like this was the case consistently. Somebody who looks like they have something to prove and you know are happy to sort of have fallen back into a project. You know there were only sort of so many jobs uh, that that could have popped up for him. Um, right. And uh, you know it so happens again. I don't even necessarily know based on the end of the season. <laughs> that he could have been totally sure, like, hey, are they actually going to decide to break it at the last minute? Look at how well the end of the season went. So I think he's also also feels some relief there that the club did did take the chance on. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I feel really good about about today. I think it's a, it's a statement, as we were talking earlier, uh, Alan. Uh, it's a statement from, from Roach. It's a statement from the club that this is going to be a, a, hopefully a... a, a Good, uh, a good few years. I mean, you're getting a, a manager who's won a lot of titles, who is arguably in his prime. You know, Emery's 48. He's, uh, like you said, um, uh, he's got a lot to prove. That, um, and uh, and also, you know, it's the first time in Spain in a few years. So, I think he's going to get back, uh, back in his, in his uh, sauce, like we say in Spain. Um, and he's going to be, uh, you know, ready to demonstrate what he can do. I think if we stick to the to keeping our key players and and honestly, just kind of wait and see uh, if if Roach is going to surprise us with a few high quality uh, signs. And this could be a great a great year, but I also want to be mindful of the fact that we have a player a manager who's going to be very aggressive going in, who doesn't necessarily care that much about how many goals you let in uh, in a year with three um, competitions, a lot of teams, potential COVID stop and goes, um, you know. But maybe because we've been talking about it, but flashbacks to twenty um, <laughs> to earlier in the in, in, in yeah. last uh, you know ten years ago. Um, uh, hopefully not. But uh, I also know that because of this signing, that the team and the fans are going to be patient, uh, just because I I don't think we're going to get a, a better a manager than we just got. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think it's. It's. I think we said when we when the news came that we were interested in him and and everything that, yeah, it's sort of a higher risk. It's pushing our name out there, and it's and we're going to have to as part of that give him more time. Um, be patient. Um, I think we will. I'm I'm excited about it. I think, but as you said, Christian, the whole COVID thing could, you know, who knows where we where we go with that and how that that may impact things in ways that we aren't even aware of right now um anyway time to wrap it up for for this evening so for christian and for sid um joining us part way through this is alan saying end of aunt very out